Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. We're live in three, two, one. All right, everybody. Welcome back to West Point, Mississippi. We got a really good crowd sitting in here today. Got a good crew. Home of Mossy Oak brand camo, the Gamekeeper Studio. and All kinds of things, Mossy Oak. It's November. You sound like you might be getting a cold, but we know you've been doing construction and you got all kind of dust. It's 100% sawdust. Yeah. Well, you're working on the bathroom and the kitchen in there. <laughs> and uh, Bandy wanted it. What is that thing it's Bandy wanted? exciting times uh, here. Yeah, he, there was something. Bandy wants a bidet, so that's it, what it, it, it's supposed it, to put this all into emotion. Yeah. So. Have y'all, so this is crazy. We don't have men's and women's bathrooms anymore. We're having to use the one across the street at the convenience store. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Dudley, how are you doing? I'm great, Bobby. Yeah, you how are good. you? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I feel we, good. We got Daniel Hayes sitting across the table. He's over here smiling. I, that makes me nervous. And, and then he's Tox taking is, notes. Tox is sitting at. He's leaning back. You think it like makes a, you nervous? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, we got Truth a full group. And we got today's topic is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about taking kids and introducing them to that's right and what has worked for us and, and how important that kids. is you know too. there you go lanny mm-hmm. so, how critical that is that's yeah, right it is and so yes. look we, we're gonna make a few phone calls we got some guests we got some our own topics and i think it's gonna be interesting to hear toxic's perspective of mr fox taking him and then he taking daniel and then from daniel his perspective on how well, How good a job his dad yeah. did, yeah. Yeah, we can, <laughs> we can do some critiquing there, for sure. All right. You know, we got Mac yeah. over here. He might even have uh, something to add to some hey, look, the bottom, think- look, the bottom line is somebody, especially for us, has to be mentored yeah. and introduced to these things. You know, yeah. it is kind of cool seeing the younger, younger generation learning on digital media how to do some things. Yeah, but so I'm saying, we, we put Mac just about, he'd been a little bit, but we... It's all about somebody, you have to have the access bug to somebody with, to show going with us, so yeah. it doesn't have to be necessarily your... No, you don't have to be young either. No, no, no. No, you get started any time in life. I converted a lot of buddies in college. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, and it's what's really exciting to see you know a new hunter get introduced later in life because I mean they have a a bigger excitement level about than anybody. So yeah, and they're almost disappointed that they didn't learn about doing earlier. Yeah, honestly, I'm just sad for the people that a don't get the chance, which is a lot of people now, and b the ones that don't understand and. Don't even want to understand. That's really sad. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yep. I just you know sad. all you do is 
hope for them and pray for them. Hopefully they'll get a chance someday. Show everybody the way that absolutely, you can. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've, we've got a lot of perspectives to tell. And before we get started, Toxie, I want to ask, So, have you been able to stay out of trouble with the law for the last week? I mean, last week <laughs> you were involved I've in a felony. I've never been in trouble with the law, Bobby. Uh, so, uh, so, but you've been. this has been a good week. Nothing crazy. Was, all those weeks were good. I mean, I, I didn't have my truck for maybe – a little period of time, but it's intact and running perfect and clean. It's actually it is really clean. It's, it's good out there, it's spotless yeah. inside and out, spotless. like it's been for a long time. So <laughs> I don't know what the big deal is. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, isn't every day that's it, that, that something like it's that happens. So and do know, you now know to turn your truck off at the gas tank? Oh, I was off. I left the door open. Oh, okay. Look, that's urban legend. People are like, oh, you were held at gunpoint. What happened? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was standing eight feet from my door, filling up a five-gallon can. And yes, the door was open. That was it, though. Well, hey, I, I usually leave time. my truck turned on because like, they yeah. they prove that you know they prove that the gas can you know you can leave your truck running while you fill up with gas. Yeah, right. just don't check Facebook while you're doing. It. Yeah, no. <laughs> but now I turn it off. Yeah, I mean, I'll, if I'm three feet away, I'll lock the door from now on. Yeah. Valuable lesson learned. It wasn't running. I wasn't inside. I wasn't. I was just literally eight feet from the door. But I turned away. To I had two cans of we were cutting firewood, and I heard slam, roaring engine. I said, "What in the world?" I turned around and it goes my truck. (laughs) (laughs) Three weeks ago, I had an engagement ring in my car, and I kept every time I walk anywhere, I had to. I would walk fifty yards, turn around, and go back and make sure I had locked it. I did every time, but I always felt like. Yep. Yeah, that's I will now. But I was still, I was like, what, you know, what's going to happen? I left Shannon's engagement ring yeah. at the jewelry store till the exact like 30 minutes before I was taking it to for that, yeah, For that reason. Yeah. <laughs> he would have lost it. Yeah. Annie would have lost it. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Well, so I guess since last time uh, Daniel was here, now he's engaged. We Blow the horn that's for that one. Yeah, deal. that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah. So sure congratulations. Is. Thank that's you. Awesome. I, was, I told him like the famous words of Mr. Fox when I told him I didn't, I'd ask Diane. To marry me, she said yes, and he looked at me and he said, "Well, I'm satisfied. She can. She, she's blind in one eye and can't see out of the other." One. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. He's got a way with words. He yeah, he does. Saying. He does. He does. <laughs> yeah, he does. Well, look. All right, let's get started. Let's do it. So, first thing we're going to do is call Chris Paradise. So, Landy, you've got his phone number right there, yeah. and call that first number. That's a landline. Let me block my Mac. In the meantime, why don't we play a commercial? Let's do that. So with with hunting season here, I mean, I wanted to talk about the trifecta. I mean, Browning, Leopold, Nosler. I mean, that's oh, just yeah. a, a deadly trio. Yeah, well, yeah. Those are our firearm partners, yeah. and man, we, we're proud of those. Are some great brands. Look, a Browning rifle in the right hands. Whew. That's what look, I've always used. I'm looking at you, Deadly. I know you like them as well. Mm-hmm. And the Leopold scope is great glass, it and is. the Nosler bullets. So that that's a that's just a great great. What's amazing about those Leopold is they keep making them better and better and better. It's amazing how much you know in this modern day they didn't rest on their laurels. And I just I actually bought a to replace what happened the other day. I bought a Leopold scope for my squirrel gun, and it's just amazing. Yeah, it really is. It's amazing. Yeah. All right, we're connected. Okay, well, let's call him. All right. Hello, this is Chris. Chris, uh, Bobby. I, yeah, I hope you're. I hope you're. Uh, I hope you drank a little coffee and got your caffeine because we got a full crew here. We got Dudley, <laughs> Lanny, Toxie, and Daniel. 
course, Mike's oh, over here on the God. board, and Richie's uh, producing, and we producing just, away. He we, does not need caffeine. He is caffeine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I am. Well, I can tell you. Today's, you know, just one of those days. But I guess every day's like that. You know, caffeine helps, but if you need to keep drinking more caffeine, I'll tell you, it can catch up with you pretty quick. Yep. But yeah, I don't need a whole lot. I'm, I'm good. Well, look, before we get started, I, I, I always forget to do this, but I want to make sure we introduce everybody. Chris Paradise, let's hit the horn for him. He's been with Mossy Oak a long time. He lives way up north. The frigid north. Chagrin Falls is a beautiful community. It is a beautiful community. And, uh, and But Chris has been around Mossy Oak a long time, and he's got a, a big leadership role. We're, we, Chris, we appreciate all that you do, but today we want to talk and ask you about when you you took your children, your kids, yeah, mentoring your kids, yeah, what just you know what what worked and if there was anything that didn't work, we want to point it out. What we want to do with this, and then I'll turn this over to everybody. But we want our listeners to learn something. If they've got, and it, it we talked about earlier, it really doesn't have to be a, a youngster; it could be somebody a little bit older. But the first time you take some people, you know what what things have, do you try to uh, coordinate and make sure happens? Sure. Well, thank you. You know. I- First of all, it's a great question, and I, and I think it's an important aspect of, of how we not only maintain what we all love, but continue to, to, to teach others to have that role for the future. And so I, you know, there's really two avenues to go down here. One, like you said, you have the, the, the kids aspect, um, which has a lot of ups and downs and, and, and things you have to make sure are aligned. But then you also have the new hunter that may be a little bit older, and I think the two things where, where they merge and it's important is just how you approach it. Um, because to a lot of us, I think you know the hunt or you know partaking in the sport, um, you know there are things that we may you know enjoy that others may not, and that was the biggest thing for me, especially with the kids, is how did I, how could I, and how should I bring them in to enjoying what I love so much. And I think the first thing, which I think is critical, is they must understand and appreciate the outdoors in general. And so in our family, the outdoors was a very broad stroke. Um, It maybe didn't start with hunting or just fishing. It was nature in general. We spent a lot of time in the woods uh, together. And, And that's when they were young. I mean, when Michael was a newborn, basically, he was in a, a backpack while we were five fishing for steelhead. Now, I know for a fact he had no idea what was going on, but he was getting accustomed to the outdoors. And I think, again, that's an important role that we all play. But the other side of that is, you know, I I was blessed because there's a family tradition. And so if I just, if I remove myself from the equation, both my kids were blessed because they got to see the excitement from my dad, my brothers, my uncles, my grandfather. Um, you know, getting back from a hunt or a fishing trip, you know, cooking up a bunch of walleyes. And, and all of a sudden what you have is an affiliation without a hard, abrupt, um, you know, call it request for them to participate or get them involved with the hunt and pull the trigger. And so we were very fortunate, I think, and, and I, I, that would be the advice I would give to anybody, is if you have the ability to let it happen naturally, and let them understand the outdoors in general first. And the other things are going to come into play and uh, letting them see the enjoyment, the excitement. If you're a new hunter and you're a little bit older, 
um, and maybe you have a little more maturity under your belt and you understand that, you know, that's maybe a different approach and, and uh, that's probably another topic for another day. But for kids, uh, again, I would say, number one, understand the outdoors. If you're blessed with family tradition, that's a bonus. If you're not, you can still create your own. Uh, but then I'm going to talk about something that I think is probably the most critical aspect. And I didn't realize this uh, uh uh, until I really saw it in action, and that was my wife. Uh, if if you have a strong uh, wife that is willing to help support the outdoors, then it becomes twice as easy. Uh, uh, in some cases, if, if maybe perhaps the wife or your spouse doesn't, you know, maybe enjoy it or understand it or uh, has never done anything, you know, in the outdoors, then it becomes a little bit different. And the reason I say that is I cannot tell you the morning when I was staring at my watch as it's getting light and, you know, Ava or Michael was still sitting at the table with a bowl of cereal and my wife was flat out pushing them, putting socks on, getting their thermals on, uh, you know, to help in the situation. So I think, again, you know, having that aspect of it uh, was fun because mom was involved too. She was getting them going. Uh, I was outside probably pacing. <laughs> His, his first flight was approaching, but I knew my wife had it, and that's a, that's a big deal, uh, I think, as well. So those two things, I think, are key. Uh, uh, and, and in some cases, you know, I might even revert back to say that if they can understand and appreciate all aspects of the hunt, and that's the gear, uh, what it means to take an animal's life, being appreciative of that. Uh, we say a prayer after every time there's a harvest. Um, we're thankful, uh, and I can tell they understand that because they look in my eyes, uh, and they can truly appreciate, uh, the aspect of what's taking place. So those, those are the, I think the, the initial aspects of why we were blessed and how we got our kids involved. Uh, and if, and if you notice, I'm not, I'm not talking about pulling the trigger, uh, or anything of that nature yet, because I knew and I was hoping that would come. Now, what's interesting about that is, my next bit of advice to everybody would be, and I was not fortunate enough to grow up with this, was to make sure that it's on their time. You have to be completely unselfish. You could get out there and in 15 minutes they could decide that they're hungry or have to go to the bathroom. And if, if you force it beyond that point, because I did at one point, <laughs> uh, you, you quickly realize that, you know, to them, the time and the aspect of it is not nearly as important to us at that age. So I believe that, again, being completely unselfish uh, and quitting when they want to quit will only help you get to that next phase, and that is them wanting to go back. And that that's kind of where I was hoping to always be with my kids, and that is them asking me to go. And that's where we're at today. And I'm so blessed that, you know, Michael, he's about ducks and turkeys. He's a feather guy. He loves feathers. Uh, he'll go deer hunting, but he's got to check cameras first. So, uh, Ava, you know, she's more about deer and turkeys, uh, hasn't really gotten into the duck thing. So it, it what's, what's great for me is I get to have special time with each of them, uh, that they ask for. And those are the things they like to do. So that, that's the, that's the big picture, if you will, that I like to uh, relate it to on getting them started. And then I think the, the thing that's been the most rewarding for me that again, as a parent, you don't realize these things. 
that group, you know, I distinctly remember Toxie saying to me years ago when we first had Michael, he said, now you know why you're on the earth. You'll finally figure it out. And, you know, when you first hear that, you kind of think, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Well, you really don't truly understand. And, and where that became really evident to me is the conversations, what I call the private time, that I typically don't get with our kids because of sports or school or the hustle and bustle of life. But when we're in a blind or to and from the hunt, uh, taking trips together, uh, the conversations, the in-depth conversations, the trust you build with your kids. Uh, and I think that's, again, that is just a, a, an offshoot, uh, if you will, of the benefits of the outdoors. I become 10 times, a hundred times closer with my kids, I believe greatly, uh, due to the outdoors. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, I, I, I know I'm talking a lot. I'm sure there's other questions, but that's really from my heart that those are the things that, uh, we tried to focus on as a family. Um, and I can tell you that, uh, when everything else is gone and the kids are away at school and, you know, sports are done or, you know, at least I know that at Thanksgiving, Christmas or spring turkey or when duck season starts, I know I will, will have my kids, you know, coming back to enjoy some time with dad. Yeah, that boy, uh, well said. I mean, you had some good points there. And I, I'll just go ahead and point out, Toxie won the over, and I lost the under on what, what your opening line, how long it Well, was. it's his favorite topic. I'll be yes, honest with everybody's you. Favorite we talk topic. about it all the time. In Absolutely. fact, we'll talk about that as important as everything he does at a high level is. We talk about that stuff more, as much or more than we do about it. Very you know, yeah. That's what everybody asks. How'd you, what'd your kids every, do every Monday morning, yeah. every Monday we go Monday over right. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, let me ask you this. Know, it, let me ask you a quick question. How do you know when that when that child is uh, is is old enough to pull the trigger? How, how do you know that, that that she or he understands that life or death? Well, I will tell you this. I don't know if there's any formula, right? You have to know your kids, um, and you have to. And, and you know, it, you, this is a, a double edged sword. You have to explain to them. Uh, you're about to take the life of a living being. And, you know, some people may say, well, that's probably going to scare them. Or, Well, no, I've always believed in, in cutting straight to the chase with my kids. And they would appreciate it more. But I also have said to them at the point of impact, what I call it, hey, if you don't want to pull the trigger right now, you don't have to. And I use that even with a lot of our customers. I mean, I've taken folks hunting that have never been around a gun. And I spend an entire day prior to a hunt with them shooting a gun, gun safety. And I was with a, a, a very well-known individual in the industry who had never been on a hunt before. Uh, the deer of his lifetime is standing out in front of him and he had, you know, what we call maybe buck fever or just panic. But I just told him, I said, Hey, between you and I, it doesn't matter if you pull the trigger or not. And I think when you turn that over the responsibility by informing them, educating them, especially with kids, uh, you know. Now, the bang, the boom, the kick, you have to be cognizant of that. Uh, um, you know, I think that's important. You can't just put a 12-gauge, 3-inch shell in front of a kid, uh, you know, with a turkey load or a, a, a heavy dram duck load and expect that that's going to be an enjoyable first experience. Uh, so I did simple things like I ordered 2 and 3 quarter inch low dram, low brass, dove loads, uh, 
And then I had them, just like we train our dogs, stand back 100 yards. And we shoot clay targets. Uh, so I think those are the things, you know, knowing the exact right time. Uh, again, I'll just go back and say that both of my children, uh, their first experience was a wild turkey. And when their eyes lit up, uh, when I could tell they were excited, they bared down on the gun or the crossbow, I knew they were hooked. <laughs> I didn't know to what extent, but I just knew that, you know, that was the right time. And if they didn't want to pull the trigger, if they were too nervous, uh, which was uh, the, the very first deer hunt I took Abe on, uh, she wasn't ready that, that exact day. Three days later, she shot her first buck. Uh, but I think what, when that deer walked off that first day, she was up. She said, Dad, I don't know why I didn't, you know, I don't know why I didn't shoot. I said, it's no big deal. I said, we'll have another chance. And boy, that next time she went back, she was, I think she had uh, worked herself up to understand that she, she actually wanted to do it. So no real formula, but I think you just got to know your kid. Yeah, and yeah. if you don't push it, they'll exactly. probably jump faster. There, there, I was going to say without interrupting, I wouldn't ever give someone a formula, <clears throat> and I wouldn't want yeah. you know it's just a it's relevant. Yeah, you got your own relationship with your kids, and you shouldn't time it. Some really are ready younger than others. I've heard it's mm-hmm. crazy young ages I'm hearing about today's, but. If you're not sure, I would say wait. That's the only thing I would say. Yeah, make it about them, yeah. not about you. You, you know? can't. I mean, they'll only the anticipation of not. It'll just make it better when they do go. Yeah, but let it come to them, and when you're sure of it. But it's really easy to think you're not insisting on them going, but then you want it so bad they kind of go anyway. So, uh, what he talked about was one of the real key things I always remember is my dad is legendary as he was as a woodsman and everybody in his peer group looking up to him. It was all so proud of my dad for that, but he never once told me that I would go hunting with him. Hey, we're going, he would never, not one single time. He always said, Hey, he would ask, do you want to? Mm-hmm. And of course, I don't think I ever turned him down. At least not until, you know, probably girls got in the picture someday, maybe. Got a little out of focus. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just, tempor- right. Just temporarily. Just temporarily. But that's, in fact, I think he's, he makes the joke that, again, I'll pick on my wife, Diane, again. It was like the first time I'd ever turned him down to go down to where our hunting club was when I said, I'm probably going to stick around here this weekend, Dad. I've got a date with uh, Diane, you know, you met and everything like that. And that's when he hung up, he looked at my mom and said, I think this one might be the one. Yeah, it's pretty he, turned down a, he turned down a hunting trip. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. How about that? I think it's important what Chris said, too, about, you know, the family and, you know, particularly oh, your gosh. wife, too. Yes. You know, it is it is huge that they see the support from both sides of the family. Like I'm, I'm just going to use Hayden as an example because, mm-hmm. you know, he's my first child there. But mm-hmm. uh, Shannon, you know, when he did got lucky and harvested his first turkey with a bunch of us here, and, you know, everybody made a big deal out of it, and he was yeah. kind of shy about it. But when we got home, fried those turkey nuggets up, and Shannon looked across that table and said, man, Y'all gonna do this again? Yeah, I sure do appreciate you know you putting the food on the table for us tonight, Hayden. Man, he his chair looked like he was strutting over there in that chair, you know, <laughs> chest bowed up, and he was you know he he saw himself as a as a provider even at a young age. So, uh, just to echo what Chris said about you know uh, the the other half and the relationship being supportive of it, I think that's huge. This this thing we do is so we're so it's blessed. our life. It's but we're so blessed, yeah. but we keep talking about this thing with our kids and our family and then others. And then you just touched on the, the cooking part too. Oh, yeah. What's Being so unbelievably 
blessing about it is the connection. It makes the whole it makes full the whole circle. circle. I know it's like That's the right. circle of life thing. But when you go it back is. and you you actually, you know, you partake of that, and I can see the pride when they were young. It's like, oh, hey, this man. is the deer Daniel killed, or this is the turkey right. Daniel killed, or this is, you know, I didn't. Sir Francis did a little bit of hunting, but. Even then, you know, today that's still there. You know, each little baggie or Ziploc or, or vacuum seal in the, in the freezer's got the name on yeah. it. And that's like, there's still that pride in, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm the one brought this to the table. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's also one little aspect of it, too, is kids are, uh, <clears throat> kids face a lot of pressure today. Yes. So I think it's a little more difficult today, but uh, I can probably count on less than three fingers, uh, you know, how many of, our kids, friends, even know what the outdoors means. You know, it, it's a very small group, which is an unfortunate thing. But I will point out that it's not just because, obviously, you know, we all work here. But we've made the outdoors cool to the young population. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is on their Instagram feed, they see Mossio. Facebook, they see Mossio. Every once in a while, they see you know, dad or Mr. Cox or whoever from our company. And they have this affiliation. I cannot stress that enough that, wow, there's some, there's some people that are close to me that do this and they enjoy it. And so that cool factor, whereas if they didn't have that medium to see the benefits of the outdoors and you just listen to maybe what goes on today in the world, you know, hunting wouldn't be as cool, uh, perhaps. Uh, to trying to get a kid involved. So we're blessed because of what we have, and uh, I hope that more people benefit from that. It's definitely on the uptick today. We're yeah. This COVID age we're in has really jump-started a lot of people, De- you know, getting outdoors more. And, then can, you know, not all of it has to be hunting either. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the you know, living your life connected to the outdoors is the point of all of it. Yeah, uh, but fishing has yeah. gone up. Yes, well, uh, first time in camping, my lifetime. Camping, hiking, backpacking, everything. I'm 60, paddling. You know, the first time in my lifetime, everything's jumped. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fishing licenses, hunting licenses are up. Yeah, not participation's up with the kids. It's up, you know, and so that's a good thing. You know, that'll stick with almost all of them. You know, if we handle ourselves right, if we make sure, you know, one thing I think about all the time is make sure we're granting access because gotta have we had access, even if we go to the refuge or something here. But the access with the kids is only through an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just having a place to go with someone to take you. And so, that's right. you know, that's what, I mean, but you know as well as I do, Chris, you're, the most addictive thing you've ever had hunting-wise is when you started taking your kids. It was for me, too. Man, oh, man. I, my own mother, like, got on to me one time. She said, you're <laughs> way too addicted to taking your kids with you. Because I was like, I really didn't even want to go all of a sudden if I didn't have them with me, you know. <laughs> You know, if you think about it, though, uh, and and I know for a fact, you know, Lanny and Bobby and others have said this, but when we start talking about the life cycle of an outdoorsman, oh, my God, it couldn't be it it could not be any truer that at some point we all got to where giving back or taking others and us taking a back seat, it, it could not be any truer. And I think that's the great thing, because that's the part I talked about being unselfish. Uh, and realizing that it really isn't about us anymore. I mean, it's still fun to go. We love it. Yep. But if the kids call or, uh, you know, they want to go, boy, I, I drop everything. Yeah, that's a good way to be. I think um, uh, one of our friends put it put it really in perspective for me. And I, I think y'all guys, Daniel, you probably told me this. VJ, 
um, whose son is an unbelievable golfer, and his dad is an unbelievable golf instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were talking about him, about mentoring his son into golf, and he said, I know I could teach him to hate it, but I wanted to teach him to love it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think I said that wrong. But <laughs> yeah. he, let me restate that. How did he say it? It was something like that. That, that was pretty close to it, yeah. Yeah, it was like, I knew I if could teach him to If you're trying to force it down his throat, yeah. you're going to teach him to hate it. You yeah. can't teach him to love it. You just yeah. have to hope you kind of help foster that. So like what you were saying, naturally. Yeah, just naturally. Let him yeah. own his own decisions. So make them, let him make their own decisions. That's Blaney, you're getting deep on us over there. I worried, you know, because I everybody that knows me knows I'm over the top. You know, on most things that I do. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say, Lanny. So, I had no idea, but keep going. So I didn't. I have. A, I had a real innate fear of, you know, being putting too much pressure on my kids. Um, that was it. I can't make him love it, but I can make him hate it. That's it. That's it, Daniel. Yeah. So that's why I was supposed to say. Mm-hmm. It. Thank you, Daniel. But there's a lot of wisdom in what VJ said. So shout yes. out to VJ. Yes. Uh, learned a lot from that, and there's a, there's a lot of wisdom in those words. So. You know, Lanny, I will say one thing. I, I do use a little bit of a, a, a different approach, too, in that I explain to them both, both of our kids, they do have a role and responsibility, though, to keep this tradition alive in our family. Oh, yeah. And I don't say it like as a guilt complex. I said, hey, look, you know, Mike, Ava, uh, I really love it if you guys continue to do this and they assure me all the time and i ask them all the time because there's a role of responsibility conservation uh, you name it and and i can see that they've started and they will as soon as i go to say it now dad we will we promise well hey if i if i left this wonderful earth tomorrow i at least have that assurance that that will continue on and i think that's important for all of our kids to keep this this, this amazing traditional life. Yeah, and it's there for them to take care of. That's why gamekeeping is so important part of this process with your kids too. You know, to yeah. to show them that you know part of harvest is just part of the gamekeeping process. You talk about the life cycle of a hunter, but you know it's it's the 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 benefit you get from actually taking care of things in the right way. Sure, huge part of it. Well, look, we need to let Chris go. He's got yeah. a he's got a call. Chris, we appreciate you being on here with us. You bet. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to everybody's voice and uh yeah, i'm and off con- to the next call for- and didn't ava kill a big old deer already she did hey man she oh, did man. come on with <laughs> that <laughs> and, and Lanny, i'll leave you with this yeah. she, she she did there was blood on the biologic and i'll leave you with this this is only as ava could put it we're sitting over the deer we said a little prayer she comes over and gives me a big hug gives me a big kiss we're talking mm. she goes wait dad how many tags do i have <laughs> I said Ava let's go <laughs> <laughs> that's it well tell her we said hello yeah tell her congratulations that's alright awesome. have a great day guys yeah, thanks, thanks Chris. Chris you too yes, you sir. too bye bye so why don't I, I'd love to hear Toxie talk just a little bit about Mr. Fox taking you when you were, when you were small and then turn right around and you taking Daniel and Neil and Sarah Francis and just things that you might have done to ensure that they had a, a, a good trip an enjoyable trip honestly uh, my memory's not that great from that long time ago. It was the the thing that jumps out on both of those is it was just, you know, when you're a little kid and a lot of cases, especially, you know, for me, you know, that was, a, you know, just even from a toddler, you know, he was, he was on the road a lot because of his job and he would come home every day. We'd be so late. He'd be home at, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 mm-hmm. at night. And so, 
But when I got to spend time, he was like always been my hero. I mean, he still is today at yeah. 91. So the point I'm getting at, it was just getting to go do something with him, honestly, made it all a win to start with. But I do I would have to say that there was a little bit of difference, and it's even gotten more so today. And, I, you know, I, I kind of complain about this, and I'm one of those that I know good and well complaining doesn't do any good, you know. So I should hush about it because, I, you know, there's nothing I can really do about it. Maybe I could give a little advice out there. But uh, the rite of passage when I was a kid was not go sit in a shooting house and look for a trophy. And not that I'm putting that down today because that's exciting for a lot mm-hmm. of kids. But it was like going on a dove hunt, going rabbit hunting, or most of all back then going squirrel, squirrel hunting. hunting. That's right. And so what, what I'm saying is that especially the squirrel hunting piece above all else, uh, and y'all all heard, you know, this is no, nothing new to anybody in this room because you've heard me talk about it a lot. But it's like that walking in the woods, tuned into everything out there. You just don't realize what all it's doing to you in a positive way to be out there and like every step, you, you know, because he, he would literally, he was like, walk right where, you know, I was, it was a game. You walk through the woods and try to pretend like you're not going to make any noise mm-hmm. at all. Not anything. So I even got to where when I was with him, I would step in the step he'd just taken every time because he'd already crunched that leaf mm-hmm. and I'd be, I could be quieter. I mean, I literally, or well, he was watching where we were going. So I could look down and I was like, I'm not stepping on a single stick. I'm not, you know, and then he would always be, he was always so conscious of telling me what's going on. So it looks like they're all cutting, you know, small acres today. That's a, he would call uh, any kind of water oak or, or willow oak, either one of them, he just called them pin oaks. You know, Everyone that was a slang back yeah. then. So <laughs> they're cutting those pin oaks. And, you know, come to find that through uh, modern day and Dudley that, you know, modern like, day Dudley. Yeah. <laughs> modern day uh, learning and Dudley. Uh, that's different. But anyway, my point in saying it is just the whole experience of being out in the woods like that. Today, with ours, we didn't do that as much. It, the thing that, that did it with Daniel Neal, I think, with me, was turkey hunting. Because mm-hmm. you do a lot of that turkey hunting, too. It's not that you're looking at the Pacific tree, but you're getting out there and spending time tuned into the woods more than just sitting in a box. And it's interactive so, turkey Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the point to say to everybody, it, it's all good. And I'm not trying to say one way is better than another, but if it's all good, then we should try to do it all with them sure. instead of just one thing, you know. And but if I the, if the shooting house works for your yeah, kid. Yeah, and absolutely. And absolutely. The, uh, then by all means, do it if that's yeah. what they want to do. But if they want to, you know, my granddad used to just pull up to a random bridge and we would shoot at stumps. In right. The creek. Yeah. And I love that. And we would go arrowhead hunting. And you didn't have to be quiet when you were airhead hunting and you could talk and ask questions about tracks you saw and things like that. Yep. But, uh, yeah, because, so. I mean, you listen to Chris, you do do what they like the most, mm-hmm. especially because that will get them hooked on being outdoors. With it. But yeah. Now, I will say, I do think the squirrel hunting thing builds a, a hunting skill set that that it does very few other things. Do. Yeah. And I'm not trying, like Dudley said, don't, yeah. I'm not knocking any of the other, no, I'm no, just no. encouraging people to try all of that all with that. them. Yeah. My um, youngest is, is doesn't like loud noises. And I mean, not even like the, yeah. like even the well, toilet for, flushing, well, you know what I mean? For crossbows. Yeah. That's like, but he Chris started shooting a bow and that's what he's talking about. Ava, you know? Ava doesn't like loud noises. Either. Yeah. So She's he, killed like a couple. I know she killed a giant, like inch and five, eight spur gobbler with her crossbow. Mm-hmm. She's a couple of killed a couple of big deer 
with a crossbow, and she still the, this big deer this year was with a crossbow. Yeah. Because she doesn't like the noise. She That's the like way my youngest kid. is. And he's asking, can I can I deer hunt with a bow? I would love, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, get him across the bow. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, Daniel, let's ask you this. So, when remember him way back when you were, you know, following in his footsteps, I guess, would be a, a great analogy. But did he do things that you remember that, that made it enjoyable? Or did something stick with you? The I think making sure that the kid is comfortable. And that's honestly, it's like the same you talk about we're lucky to have family traditions, all of us. So your introduction to hunting is always through your parent or your uncle or your granddad or whatever. But it's there's a lot of similarities between how you treat your buddy in his 20s that's never hunted and how you treat a kid and you just want him to be comfortable, especially if it's a winter. You know, squirrel hunting is really accessible because you're moving around and uh, you can do it dang near half the year. Turkey hunting, Obviously, the weather's almost always perfect. But if you're deer hunting, duck hunting, whatever, something where the weather's really cold, I always remember how much I enjoyed when I was a kid deer hunting. And instead of sitting in a shooting house, dad would bring two sleeping bags. He would roll one up uh, before my first rifle had a bipod on it. The sleeping bag would be my rest, and then I would be laying in a sleeping bag on the ground. And I had so much fun just laying there. You're really comfortable being in the sleeping bag. I did, those are that's the most vivid hunting setup I remember. And mm-hmm. I can remember pulling the trigger on deer where I was either had a bipod on my rifle and I was laying inside a sleeping bag, uh, or I was getting a, a rest on top of a rolled up sleeping bag. And that's my favorite hunting setup that I remember. It, it was but, really cool. And I, I got to give a shout out to. Our buddy up in heaven right now, Bob Dixon. Mm-hmm. He is the one that showed me the way about the sleep. He had so many creative things he came up with. But him and Will used to lay on those old railroad tracks that were abandoned. Yeah. Y'all can hunt out there, Bobby. And him yeah. and Will would lay on those cold mornings and lay with their heads right next to each other where they could talk, but they were with their bipods facing different directions. Covered like flank. But it'd be, <laughs> yeah, like 20 degrees, they'd be in those sleeping bags. Yeah. So I learned from him, and I actually did on my own. The rolled up sleeping bag is a great rifle rest. Sure, they didn't have. I didn't have. I didn't have a bipod at the time for them, and so they would just put it in their lap and use it for a rest. Mm. I remember Daniel's first deer, but we had that. We were laying in that power line down here, not far That's from the office. Yeah. yeah, he shot that big old eight pointer. We found him the next morning. I'm looking at him. He smile. I can tell he remembers all that. Oh, there's, there's. We, we, we can't spend the whole time talking about. The stories, because yeah. there's just so there's many of them. Of them. Yeah. I was just going, while y'all were talking about it, I was just thinking about all their first things. I can vividly remember all of them. Like, you can remember where you were when the tornado hit or when Reagan got shot or whatever, you know. I can always, I can remember vividly exactly where I was with all of them on their first deer and turkey, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like fun. Special yeah. times, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, Lane, what about you and, and Hayden? Where oh, are where are you in that whole process with him? And how old is he? So they're Hayden's kids. eleven, you know, and, and of course being around this place, you know, he gets to spend time up here in the summer. So he, you know, uh, obviously he's he may be a little bit too close to the culture. <laughs> I wouldn't say that at all. Uh, but um, so I've been fortunate with him. I, like Chris, like Toxie was saying, my earliest memories, I was literally carrying him in the woods to listen to turkeys gobble before the season. You know, and he would point. You know, and they. <sighs> And I'd be like, you hear that? He's like, yeah. And he'd get excited. So, you know, laying that groundwork down. So when he did get ready and he was comfortable, uh, that he could really, you know, just enjoy every part of it. And, of course, with him, you heard me say, what's the main, main thing I carry with me hunting now? Snacks. So to your point, comfort, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> be sure they're comfortable. Sure. And, uh, and you have to, you know, 
there's been a lot of times we've been hunting and he's like, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, it's the best time to be here. You know, yeah, I was like, me too. but I'm ready to go. <laughs> and you had to be like, no. okay. <laughs> yeah, so you really do. You really do. Yeah. And that's something that I've had to learn. And to what y'all said too, comfortable, not only comfortable physically, but comfortable with the weapon, with what he's doing, mm-hmm. um, with his, what he's, uh, uh, what, where he's shooting. That's the thing I say to him, I, you know, cause I try to be as hands off as I can, but I'm like, are you very, are you comfortable uh, with your, with your shot right now? And if he is, you know, he'll take and, and he's very mm-hmm. comfortable with not taking a shot that he's not comfortable. Yeah, and you got to walk them through some of that stuff. Oh, yeah. They all mm-hmm. get excited. And I do think a good case of buck fever is good for them though. Yeah. I mean, I really I do. don't. Because mine, if you if you said shoot, you better have your fingers <laughs> yeah. in your ears with both. Well, I'm talking about them, seeing, they, you know, seeing a deer in that flavor. in that buck getting yeah. away. That's what yeah. happened to him. And you know, he would tell you that deer is 190 inches now, and it was you know like right. a five point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> you know, the deer uh, that got away with him, it motivates him now. Oh, he's, yeah. He talk, He's been talking about it. You know, and I'm like, you've seen bigger deer since when? But that first one that got away from right. him, he was, you know, intent on on taking. It's a uh, it's a monster. He comes in here. He's like, was he that big? And I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah. So you know, with me, I had a little girl to take, and yeah. I, I think little girls and introduce them are a little it's, different. Absolutely. Honestly, you, I'm gonna say he did a wonderful job. He did, and I mean, the the coolest thing is uh, even above me and my sons and everything is the father and the daughter, or sometimes the mom and the son that crosses those. I'm, I remember going to the refuge to a duck hunt draw deal and you have to get out there really really early to draw for a spot and i remember looking and there was one of this lady had brought because they weren't old enough to drive yet they were like 15 she had brought a son and one of his friends and driven them out there mm-hmm. i was thinking about well, what a great hunting mom yeah. that is but then it also occurred to me like what if like you know sarah francis she's not like a tomboy at all you know big athlete played a bunch of sports and you know she's a girl 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 and but she loved going with her daddy and what was i going to find in common to go do with a young girl like that that you know a guy like me that went hunting for a living basically like hunting and say the same thing with you and your daughter and yeah. actually she loves to fish too and y'all mm-hmm. spend a lot of quality time yeah. and that's probably that could be one of the greatest gifts this whole chris hit on it too that the outdoors gives you as a parent especially as a parent but it maybe as a mentor for someone else is that what does a, a dad and a daughter or a mom and a son maybe have in common that they would go do much? There's some things, but when they both like to hunt and get outdoors, it's really, really, really special. So yeah. one of the things that I and, and I don't know that this is right, but in my mind this was right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when when Jesse started hunting, before she you know, she went with me for years, Mac, before I ever let you know, she'd lay in the floor of the shooting house and on a blanket and all that when we but it finally one day it was like she wanted to she wanted to hunt she wanted to shoot one she killed her first one at Portland in the pink house plot mm-hmm. well I would not let her shoot a doe with fawns right in those formative those first few I mean there were several times it kind of it kind of made a point about it because I did not want her to shoot something and then we go recover it and there'd be a fawn standing right there I've heard I've had that happen to me I had stories so that was yeah. if I could give a tip to somebody that's taking a, a, a young yeah. kid I would I would be careful of that because that can that can kind of make them question a lot of mm-hmm. things if you if you shoot a doe, doe and that fawn is right there with it you know and even then you 
you know, it, it depends on the on the kid or the person. Yeah, you know, really. You, you might could explain the the biology behind it, yeah. and that that animal is perfectly safe and weaned. You know, it. I think that depends on the person. Yeah, it, it does. That's right, but, but you don't have to explain it if it doesn't happen. Right. Right. And, and the other thing that all, all the rifles that I let her shoot through the years, they all had an orange hunter orange strap on them and i had a method to my madness because i as she was shooting the 22 and then shooting a 17 and uh and then the 243 her rifle that she shoots today you saw it when she killed mm-hmm. a pig the other day there's an orange strap and everybody says you work for my why do you have an orange strap well i knew if some boy ever asked her to hey let's go hunting saturday afternoon she'd always have some orange and then that always worried me because she's like me. I don't like to wear orange. I wear orange because I legally have to wear orange. But if I didn't have a choice, I wouldn't wear orange. Mm-hmm. But then I could make – I just knew if she carried her rifle, mm-hmm. she had some orange sure. with her. It's a good thought. be over her shoulder. So and that, that, that maybe that's a tip for, that somebody can take away from that. But mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you spend a lot of time, you know, customizing her weapons. Yes, put a, put a mercury tube in the yeah. Every, and, every and, single conversation we're having today is about the time spent, though. That's right. Sighting in the guns and, you know, spending that time in preparation and, you know. Yeah, my, I had, oh, sorry. my middle child doesn't like, doesn't, you know, doesn't want to hunt, uh, doesn't want to go overnight camping, uh, things like that, but. She loves to cook and loves to eat wild game. That's awesome. And so that's her. her that's our little connection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I tell you so, too, and I, I'd forgotten about this because uh, I'm so over the top with my child. I had I, I intentionally uh, Shannon, my wife, hunted with Hayden uh, early on, and the first deer he saw harvest, she actually harvested. So, that's cool. Yeah. So he was with his mom the first time he ever uh, saw an animal get harvested. Wow. Anyways, that's cool. Oh, Shannon. Yeah, she didn't have bad news for that rifle, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw her on Mossel Go the other yeah. day. She was the star of the show. Yeah, and she, you know. She, and she uh, talked about the whole, she's you know, provider. bringing home food, you know, for her even. Yeah. No, talking it, about how proud she was knowing that she can provide for the family herself. She doesn't, you know, even in above you or Hayden. Yeah. That's, that's pretty right. cool when mom talks about that. Kind and of a little stuff. mentoring story with her. We, we started dating when we were both really young, and I'm uh, over the top, gung-ho, obviously. Let's go deer hunting. And, really? Um, yeah, really. really. <laughs> uh, and she, she uh, I noticed early on that she wanted to do it herself. Oh, yeah. That's I, I mean, not even take her to the stand. Right. You know, she asked me where to hunt, uh, and then she put it all together herself. Now, if she pulls the trigger, she calls me, of course. There's you know, been so years like, hey, when she's killing a lot more critters than Lana. Oh, yeah. She'll, she'll pile them up. Yeah. yeah. She likes deer meat. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't like the pink camo. I find that interesting. No, she's has a problem with pink camouflage. <laughs> she wants to be hid like you. I mean, you know. Sure. So, I get that. She does have a little pink on her gun strap, but that's about it. So Dudley, little Dudley, sounds like he's starting to ask. He's inquiring, and yeah, he uh, his interest. I, I guess you know, some kids just beg to go, and you know, uh, he didn't beg to go, which is fine. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. think I killed my first deer till I was twelve, but I was squirrel hunting and dove hunting and all that when I was mm-hmm. six, seven years old. But. Exactly. Um, it's different today. I think kids are getting started younger. And it, you know, like. In um, some cases, but I love hearing Dudley talk about that because we're all, even here, Chris saying, let them just take to it. Don't torment. Mm-hmm. But we hadn't Don't had one kind of, mine were like, jump in my pocket if I opened the door, just mm-hmm. like I was. So I'm I'm saying, you know, I never told them they're going hunting. I always ask. But I never had to confront that. And Dudley's actually practicing what we preach by 
That's fine. Absolutely no problem. And just let them be their own person right? wherever and, that takes them. That is so important. My hat's off to you. By yeah, because yeah. even if they don't take to it, you know what? There's more important things and letting them be their own. And if they do, they'll take to it in their own way and it'll be a meaningful thing instead of dad kind of made me type of deal. Right. Now he's asking, you know, yeah. when, when are we going to go? Yeah. We're still laying a foundation because right. a lot of kids – they hunt when they're less than nine years old because they don't have anything else to pull their interest away. But if you take them and lay that foundation and I had a friend that recently was his daughter is starting to get a little older and he was talking about how much he's cherishing the first years that he has with her hunting because once she gets old enough to want to go hang out with her friends, yep. she might not necessarily care about hunting for a long time. And maybe you get back into it when you're 18 or when you're 28 or whatever. But as long as you have a foundation of those first few years, there's a really, there's a lot higher likelihood that at some point later in your life, you're going to appreciate Yes. Uh, whether it's the time spent in nature or you actually get fired up about hunting at an older age mm-hmm. or you get old enough to where you're going to have kids and you start exactly. not having that knowledge yourself, but you want your kids to have the experience. So there's a lot of ways that the first few years of, of a child's life might manifest itself later on in that person in adulthood. And to echo that, Daniel, I mean, the life lessons those kids are learning at that age in the woods and, oh my and with those, you don't realize how, you know, much of an impact that has on the rest of your life and your decision-making skills and your value sets and what you're doing. So, Well, we, we get we get so detached. It's just, I mean, I hate to preach, but there's so many problems in this country that mm-hmm. people that are totally detached from the reality of the earth and Mother Nature and we're, we're been, you know, because they, they live this electronic age just right. totally detached from it. I hate to pick on big cities, but it certainly happens in a lot more, you know, high likelihood there. Yeah. And getting them outdoors at a young age and they get to touch and connect all that makes a difference for their whole life. Whole life. Well, and it's, it's important for anybody, no matter what age you are, to have a healthy respect for firearms. So if yeah. nothing else, you know, <laughs> there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of adults yeah. That, yeah. that badly need that. They never yeah. got it. Yeah. So yeah. There's yeah, a, Tom Kelly's got an incredible story in uh, his book, Dealer's Choice, about uh, buying his daughter Laura her first shotgun, taking her yeah. dove hunting, and it's, it's one of his better things he's ever written. Yeah. That's saying a lot, too. He's a bunch of great stuff. A lot of life lessons there. So why don't we take a break here, and let's call Jeff Lindsay. Jeff and his dad, David, are going to jump on the phone Mm -hmm. with us real quick. We'll just ask them real quick what they have, their experiences. Yeah, being successful with old cash out there. Yeah, they are. So (laughs) if you would call them, Mac, we'll do a break right here, and we'll insert an Onyx commercial. Hey, this is Toxie Hayes with Mossy Oak. You know, hunting and fishing, gamekeeping, and taking care of the land with my family is my life. And I'll be honest with you, the one app that I'm on every day and use more than anything is Onyx. It literally has changed my life. From property ownership to roads, everything to do with understanding the land better. I even use it to plot acreages all the time. Every function I could dream of. Use coupon code MOSSYOAK to save 20% on your next Onyx subscription. Trust me, you'll be so glad you did. Hello. Well, Jeff Lindsay. What's happening? Hey, we. This is Bobby, and I got Dudley and Lanny and Toxie and Daniel. Got the, got the crew in here. Yeah, Mike, Richie, the whole crew. That's right. And we're we're a little late calling you. I apologize. Well, it's a rain out day, so if if it was cold and cool, I'd be whispering. But since it's raining right now, and the deer I'm trying to kill comes out about thirty minutes before dark, 
I'm gonna. Uh, this is a good day for it. It's perfect. Okay. Well, perfect. well, good. Well, look, we appreciate you spending a little time with. Us. We just want to ask you a couple of questions about. We know you've you have successfully introduced cash to the outdoors and hunting. We wanted to ask a little bit about that, and then we wanted to ask about. Uh, if your if your dad David is around, we wanted to ask him about introducing you, and obviously he went wrong on a lot of different ways. There, we just want to get him to clarify yeah. that. Yeah, he's here. He's right I'm here, sitting right here. How y'all doing? We doing good, Mister David. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Well, is the rut? Look, I've always heard November thirteenth was the peak of the rut up there. Is that about right this year? Oh, that's about right. They've kind of been going on pretty good. Since about October the 25th, we've seen deer locked down with those on and off since then. But uh, we've been in about a week warm snap. I mean, just just very you know unseasonably warm Indian summer, whatever you want to call call it. We got a big rain today, and uh, we got a cool front coming in. So it, it's about to change. Yeah. But it's been good. It's been good. As hot as it's been, because it's it's been hot. Well, Jeff, if you would, um, and I'm sure the guys will have some questions, but if you could talk about just just briefly about taking cash and when you knew it was right for him to to step up to the plate and put his finger on the trigger. Well, you know, people always say you'll know when you'll you'll know that time with cash. I mean, you know, he was two or three. He wanted to shoot a deer or a turkey, and so I wouldn't let him, or I wouldn't let. Him. I'd take him out, and he he watched a lot of deer go down. Um, but at age four in the spring, he just kept on, kept on. So I said, you know what? Let's go to Kansas. Um, he can get a youth tag. And uh, he shot one at age four. And he shot it all by himself. I always wanted it to be, you know, where he was doing everything by himself. Yes, if I'm, you know, taking a safety off or something like that or, or anything that involved, um, you know, proper handling of the gun, I was willing to help. But I wanted him to aim, pull the trigger, shoulder the gun. and um, but, but times have changed. There are a lot of a lot of tools out there that are, you know, will lessen the kick and help them aim and stuff like that compared to when I was a kid, just, you know, throwing the 30, 30 up with your on the edge of the two before or something. So, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, you always heard that you'll know. And, and I, and I felt like I knew it may, it may have been a little early, but you know, he was ready. So I guess I was ready. Yeah. So, so Mr. David, what, what about, what about Jeff? How did that go with uh, when, when back in the day? Well, of course, back in the day, it was different, of course, you know, we all know that. But um, I think that each child is different. I think, you know, the boy, the girl, uh, you know, and to say the maturity of them at, at those ages would, probably wouldn't be the right word. But I can kind of say this for Cash. Um, Cash was an exception to the rule if I've ever saw it. No doubt. Because his, his daddy spent so much time with him. And he would take him all the time with him. And I think that was Cash's part of just wanting to be a part of it. You know, he was just wanting to be a part of it so bad. And, you know, you got these death grips now that you can put the gun in and he could maneuver it around. And Jeff practiced a lot with him before he, turkey, before he took him out, you know, turkey hunting that first time. And Cash, he really, he'd go through the books. He goes through all the hunting books and the fishing books, the dinosaur books. And he is like he's got a photographic memory. He can remember all the saltwater fish, all the dinosaurs, and he will correct you if you don't pronounce them properly. I'm telling you right now. But he is just he's he's different about it. So Jeff was different, of course, than Cash was, and so was my daughter Jacqueline. But uh, when we were growing up, I was in a hunting club with my dad and my brothers, 
and you know we basically it was rough rough character yeah i mean if it was brown it was down you know so things kind of were different back then and we'd do some driving and stuff like that but we did hunt from you know deer stands wooden deer stands in a tree or a box blind and uh when i was introducing jeff to it um I had to, well, when he was growing up, sometimes he'd want to go hunting. Sometimes he'd want to go shopping with his mama. And I never tried to pressure him. It would disappoint me. You weren't me. supposed to tell that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was waiting. Yeah, ruined. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to go with my, my mother. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah shopping. Whatever. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I got tired of going and not seeing anything all weekend. <laughs> but, you know, there wasn't as many deer back then. And it, and it was tough. And I, and I always feel like this right here. If you're going to take a kid hunting, you got to make it fun for them. You can't pressure them. You know, it's just got to be something they want to learn, learn to do and love to do themselves. And so I think it's very important that you try to focus on the fun things. And, of course, they want to see deer. Um, so Jeff's first deer he killed, we were in a box blind. And he would go with me sometimes. Sometimes he wouldn't. I never tried to pressure him. And I woke him up when a spike come by and he shot it. And to this day, I guess me and him remember every step of that. You know, it was just not the size of the deer because he always says this. These little kids, they're all big to them. They don't really have the respect for deer like we do as grownups and what it takes to kill the big deer over the years, you know. Jacqueline, on the other hand, when she would go with me, the first deer to come out, she'd want me to shoot it. I mean, you know, Jeff learned to be – little managing with stuff like that. He would shoot them himself, but she always wanted me to shoot anything that come out. That was just the way it was different. Well, she was, she shot her deer at age seven. And, and I kind of see that even with Charlotte, even though cash started earlier, you know, girls just mature faster than guys, boys. Mm-hmm. They catch on. And I think you see that too. When introducing kids to hunt, at least I, I have not just with my kids, but my friend's kids and stuff like that. Um, I just think girls are more advanced. Uh, you know, a year or two, it seems like, and you could probably still argue that at my age, but we won't go there. <laughs> hey, it's been proven they're historic. I mean, they're they're better naturally, better shooters. Right? No, yeah, they are. They they, really they, they calm. They calm. They're they not don't trying to prove anything. Up. They're yeah. just shooting. Yeah, you know. Any, you got That's a question cool. for them? No, I, I, I when I was just thinking about things I, I, about what they were talking about and, and about keeping the kids engaged and everything, I remember a strong piece of advice that Mr. Toxie Hayes gave me a long time ago. He said another good way to keep your kids is to take them to a target-rich environment. Um, so put them in the best spot you can too, because yeah. you know it does get boring out there if they're not seeing anything. So yeah, it sounded like Jeff enjoyed going to the Izod store as much as he did going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I well, get I get a little. Couple dollars cash in my pocket. Me and my cousin, we hit the mall back in the day. You know, <laughs> we'd load up on bubble gum or whatever else we could get our hands on. Can't yeah. do that nowadays. So. The free Chick Fil A samples just keep going back. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We were hitting samples up at the food court for sure. Well, but it was different, and you know, I mean, uh, my, that's what me and my dad talk about all the time. Now it's a lifestyle. You know, I mean, we we dedicate the month of November to the deer hunting just about every day, you know, we hunt over a deer hunt over a hundred days in the, you know, the fall and the winter, or at least that probably. And so, uh, back then it wasn't like that back then. It was, Hey, if you could get off work early, you, you might win. go. Yeah. You, yeah. You were hunting Saturday, sometimes Sunday morning before church or something. And that was, that was about it. Um, you know, but now it's just, um, it, it's a little different and, and obviously, you know, 
kind of um, blessed to be able to have some free time this time of year to be able to take it or, or use your time off for then. So, and that, that's a little more important now. But, but yeah, it's well, y'all there's, are, there's y'all, all kinds of stories when you, when you start are, thinking about taking kids. You guys are living the dream if you're hunting a hundred days a year <laughs> in the deer woods. That's a that don't mean every morning and every afternoon now. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that that may be, you know, uh, last hour before dark going to wax and doze or something like that. But it, it's, and I'm just guessing, it's probably probably close to that once you start opening up. up. Second week in Georgia and ends the 10th January. Yeah, and then we hunt in Mississippi till the end of January. Yep. So, yeah. Well, it, it, it's close to that. Well, look. Is there is there one one tip that you guys could throw out that you've been thinking about? That something that a guy could listen and learn and and apply to taking his little girl, or little boy. Yeah, I'm in a you know my club out there in the Delta in Mississippi. I got a buddy out there who's in it, or his dad's in it, and he comes out there and he goes as well. And he says, you know, he doesn't care anything about deer hunting. He likes to duck hunt. He says because, and his dad will sit there and they'll, they'll agree. He said, you know what? Just like my dad said earlier, deer hunting was an industry wasn't interesting because every time we went, we had to watch them or let them go or let them grow. And, and there's a time and a place for that. He said, but duck hunting, there was so much action. So yes, you do have to, when you take kids out, you know, ha- have, take them somewhere, you know, whether it's a doe day or maybe they can shoot a hog or, you, you know, there's a buck there that you don't care that, that he gets shot or it's a different piece of property, whatever. So I think that that's very big um, to me. Um, I think I've messed up a little bit with cash along the way with that. Um, just because, you know, we, we do have a little stricter management rules on than we probably should, but, uh, but he, he gets his fair share. He, he wants to shoot everything that comes out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He's good at yeah, it too. I can appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, uh, does anybody got any more questions for these guys? We got Dudley. Have you got one trivia question you can ask Jeff? Just one real quick. Oh, uh, it's just uh, embarrassing. I'm always up for <laughs> trivia, especially with y'all. Oh, yeah. Pick, Come on. pick the best one. Okay. Um, Jeff, I saw you uh, – uh, what's the word? Jeff, I saw you obsessing over the Braves uh, in the World Series. So, um, Got a Braves question? Yeah, I've got a Braves question. Okay. Be careful, Mr. Be careful there, Mr. Dudley. He's got them answers. All right. <laughs> Good. Uh, to ring the bell. What record was set in the final 2005 playoff game between Atlanta and Houston? It was 25 in uh, What record was set? What record was set in that final playoff game in 2005? Uh, I know we I know we lost that series, um, but but you got me. I'm stumped. Uh oh, I'm Can stumped. I guess? Oh goodness! Uh, how I about a, mul- multiple choice? Most, okay, yeah, let's do that. most home runs, most innings, most runs, or most walks? Uh, most innings. Okay. You got it. I I remember. I actually got that right. I cannot believe it. That was a guess, though. Yeah, it was eight. I remember Baker inning games. Yeah, it was 18 innings. Yeah. I got to say one thing. That dude, that big guy up at the plate that hit, I've never seen a baseball get hit that hard in my life. I don't think. Of course, I'm not a baseball player. That ball's still going. Yeah. He hit it, just laid the bat down. Literally across the railroad. Yeah. (laughs) He's yeah. a giant man. Did, did too. y'all see? Did y'all name? see that post? 
Did y'all see that post Jeffrey did on Instagram the next day? I was sitting in the deer stand that morning. I mean, at night, I was thinking about it that afternoon. I took a baseball out with me, and I act like I picked that ball up in the field. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Uh, well, look, we've enjoyed having y'all. Thank y'all for taking time out of your day to be on here, and uh, and good luck the rest of the season. Keep us posted. We certainly appreciate you guys wearing the GameKeeper uh, the field wear and Better than bottom land. land and, and More than anything, we just appreciate who y'all are as people. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, it's family. We appreciate you guys too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate y'all. Tell so your family like we said hello. You, you all are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they, sure. they're, they're fine folks. They really are. Well, thank y'all for everything. If y'all need anything, be sure and call us. If you get a big deer up there, you can't kill. Yeah, you know, that's what Bobby was talking about. Hercules, Hercules' brother's out there. He's well, Bobby Bobby's said asking he was, about it. He did say before y'all came on, he had agreed. That if you did call about one, he was going to be sure and let Dudley come instead. There you <laughs> go. So he was thinking. Oh, we gotta wait that. till we get this. We gotta wait till we get this real big tough one that we can't kill. Then That's we right. Then you gotta fly in the field. That's right. The hitter. Yeah. All right, y'all be good. Thank y'all. For Thank y'all so much. All right, y'all. See you guys. All right, we've been talking a while, but I, the one that I'm looking at, and, and Richie has asked too. Mac, have you learned anything? Because you've been asking a lot of questions. He's got. Wait, let's just bring up Mac is is due on Monday, so he's got. Yeah, uh, yeah. going to be yeah. here. I know. Congratulations! He's, Blow the horns for yourself. He's on Monday. Yeah, go go ahead. So please. one <laughs> thing that that really jumped out to me, because uh, I mean, Mr. Toxie and Daniel and Neil, I mean, really kind of helped for me and into my love for the outdoors and conservation and it's kind of came full circle me being here and getting to work here and, and do something i love and speaking about mr fox one thing that every time i see a water puddle in the woods and i'm walking i remember neil telling me and teaching me how to walk in the water and picking your toe up when you're walking out to be quieter. And I think it's so cool that it, I mean, it went from Mr. Fox and from who he learned it from to Mr. Toxie and to Daniel and to Neil and just like really, and that sticks with me every time I, every time I'm walking in water, I think about that. And so just like little things like walking in the woods and things like that, that you might not think is a big deal to you does make an impact on people throughout their life. Mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of my takeaway from it. Yeah, well, that, that, that means a lot because that actually is the first time that I confirmed that he actually listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> he would never let me know that he would. <laughs> so that's good. You know, it's just one of those things it's, as a kid, you know, it's like it just makes it fun. You just try to be. I, I think the whole camo thing grew out of me from my dad taking me and our objective in and out of the woods was like, you were never there. You yeah. are quote unquote invisible. Right. You know, you don't make a noise. You don't make a sound. You can't be seen. You're kind of a vapor. And so that won't so bad to, especially couple that with the frustration of looking at my dad when he takes me turkey hunting and he's just standing out like almost a neon sign in the stuff he's having to wear. I, I honestly, all of that, Mm -hmm. Part of what was embedded in me and kind of made me want to do what I did. So how much earlier did you have the idea for a camo pattern than than, than when you actually launched it? You know, I, it, it was at a young age, and I would actually just kind of tie-dye some stuff because it was too bright. Or I had a, you know, a black magic marker and tried to you know mark it up and do something a little bit different, but it was so goofy looking. I mean, it was when I actually learned and I give the credit to being working in marketing because I never, you know, and that's another reason why I wanted the kids to have a background in marketing because the whole premise of the brand, when I realized solving people's problems was a way you brought a product to market mm -hmm. and, and understood that 
because I had no clue about how any of that worked. So when I first started working in marketing at Sara Lee, the light bulb really went off then. It's like, that's what I've always wanted to do, you know? And now I understand how it could actually happen and why it could actually be a good idea. Previous to that, it was just something that I was a big hunter and I loved doing it and I wanted my stuff to look better. You know, there was kind of a vertical tiger, tiger stripe looking thing that was kind of a little darker. It had some contrast and I kind of, you know, everything's, you just put on stuff and went hunting even in solid clothes back then. But I just, I, I wanted something that really worked. It was so frustrating when you go and you go to all that trouble in a deer sea or a turkey sea mm -hmm. and you smoke, you just kind of break your heart. So anyway, I think growing up walking in the woods had a little bit to do with that. No. I would say so. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Yeah, go, Lanny, you raising your Yeah, I, I just thinking about all this mentor stuff. I think about, you know, obviously I've been, had the pleasure of being around the Hayes family for many, many years, but seeing this stuff come full circle, you know, um, you know, Mr. Fox teaching Toxie, Toxie teaching, teaching Daniel and Neil, mm -hmm. and now seeing the joy that Daniel and Neil get taking Mr. Fox, you know, yeah. even for me now, I, I think towards that, like laying the groundwork with my kids. So when I'm old, maybe their kids will actually, you know, take me, you know. I yeah, think well, and you, so you're, and your dad's getting a little old. Yeah, my dad, you know, my dad, I was very fortunate, you know, like every, you know, most people here, my dad was very, very active in my life. He's kind of like Mr. Fox, um, what Tox was saying about Mr. Fox. He traveled a lot, uh, but on the weekends, you know, we were getting in that old Bronco and we were, uh, listening to Leonard's Losers, yep. you know, riding <laughs> riding through the country. Leonard Postos. Leonard Postos yeah. you know, and and the whole – he tells a pretty good story because, you know, when he started taking me, of course, I would get hungry, and he would cut his hunt short, you know, so we could go eat. There you, know? you go. He That's was Daniel. Used, yeah. He was used to doing beanie weenies and stuff. And then so we got – when I got older and we were hunting, I'm like – he's like, dude, it's lunchtime. I'm like, we got to hunt. And he's like, No. You started me on this years ago. We're going to get something to eat, then we could come back. That's so. when I knew it was time to go because yep. we would be in the woods, and it would be like maybe just things that started moving pretty good or whatever, and Daniel would be like, damn. I thought so. He know, he's like, what are we eating next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we literally would have our favorite little gas station. We'd that's stop it. At and stuff. It's and it's so fun for them. Yeah. Even going in yeah. the, in the stores before daylight, you know, oh, the yeah. way they're lit up and get them some snacks. And everything yeah. else. But, but to the, you know, to my, the point of my dad, didn't you get, you know, he spent so much time with me, you know, it's really rewarding to be able to go out there and do for him now. <laughs> you know, to be sure he's taken care of. And yeah. he enjoys the hunt, you know, just as much as he always. Talk about if his brown is down. I mean, yeah. they're not coming out on him. He's not raining fire on him, you know yep. what I mean, as proud as he ever been. So so let me ask you this. So as you, as your father's gotten older, mm -hmm. now do you find that you're having to kind of do things for him? And kind oh, of everything. Just, kind I pick him up, take him to the stand, shoots a deer, I put him in the truck, take care of him. He loves it. So like he's he like, took care of you. Oh now yeah, care I, of he loves going yeah, there so with me. He's like he's got me something to eat. He puts yeah. me in a stand. <laughs> he takes care yeah. of my deer. So well, and I'll switch gears back. Lane brought this up, and it's a great point. What you guys do with Mr. Fox? It's it's, it's so touching. It is, and the effort that y'all put into it. I mean, I know it's all about love. I mean, That's it, exactly I right. totally get that, but it the is. effort is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's the. I don't care how many days I have to sacrifice for my own turkey or deer season because the opportunity to go with him is i mean the last few years have been some of the best years of my whole life yeah and every year we get to keep doing it again it's so cool because you got the, the footsteps analogy is a it's the great old worn out cliche but if you're really lucky you get to the footsteps that we have now which is 
three sets of footprints running side by side by side because me and Neil me and dad are holding pop off by each elbow walking through the woods and we're all just kind of walking along beside each other and it's uh, unbelievable and you know some kind of behind the scenes proof that he's still into it too uh-huh. is he goes to the gym and stuff and, and he's ready out. He's, he's he's absolutely no doubt about that yeah, he, gets, he gets very very I, what I love about him he gets so tore up yeah. still I mean there's not not a deer oh, or turkey gosh. nothing Shook up. <laughs> yeah. um, look, absolutely. It says just, just like, like the first I was one. As a kid. Oh, yeah, just like the first one again. Yeah, and I would have to say that it just uh, just a flood. Uh, thanks for having this today, Bobby, and uh, all of y'all, because it just brings back a flood of grateful memories. And so, you know, if, if you if you're if you live a rich life, it has absolutely nothing to do with the money or no. anything. It's those memories and the the you know that the richness of your time here. And I have so much of that. I can thank hunting in the outdoors and stuff. And I will have to say too, that, um, you know, everybody look, kind of looks up to me about all this stuff, but I'm telling you that, and you talked about daddy and all, if, if you really tune in and like Dudley does, he kind of lets it be your kids will teach you a lot too. Mm-hmm. And I promise you mine, especially the two, because they go all the time and they're into it. They have taught me a lot. And they also taught me what kind of mattered the most from our time together as I see what they're putting in place going forward. Just like, you know, the last couple of days, you know, they've been entertaining some yeah. guests that were reporters. Totally their deal. I mean, I didn't even know about it until right before the people came, but it was all about furthering the brand and furthering the business and, and the intent of that and watching them didn't even think about going hunting themselves. Yeah. It's just taking care of people and doing it in the name of the family and the brand and stuff. I mean, you know, I just got to say, if you're you're doing this and all the things we talked about of giving advice is like, stay tuned in to your kids in the whole process and they'll actually teach you some things too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. How about that? Yep. Well, this, has, this has been really good. Mm-hmm. I've, I've enjoyed but it. This and is the most important part of this lifestyle. Yes. It, bottom line, it is, you know. We're like Toxie said, we're lucky we've got this huge infusion of participation now, yes. but we got to keep it going, you know, and, and the best way to teach it is in the field with them. So, well, and one of the most important parts about that's that's natural for all of us, but I think is really important uh, that you can learn from kids when you're taking them is I think it's important for every human, but fostering a sense of wonder because mm-hmm. the yes. world conditions yes. you to lose that and to become more, uh, you know just know your place in life and become an adult and get boring and all that kind of stuff. But kids just naturally have a sense of wonder. They don't have to uh, put out any effort to, you know, stoke that curiosity that they're born with. So I think that is a a really important thing to never lose your sense of wonder because it fosters itself in you. And when you're older with your creativity and being a gamekeeper, it just comes natural because the art of being a gamekeeper is asking questions and you're wondering, about what species of trees you have on your farm, mm-hmm. what species of trees you should have on your farm, wildflowers, which ones you should have, what you should be planting for wildlife, you know, why does a certain thing grow to a certain age and um, all those sorts of things. That sense of wonder just is kind of part of being a gamekeeper. So Yeah, no, no better place for that than outside in I nature. I still remember him asking, uh, they said, you know, in Sunday school today that all God's creatures are for a reason, you know, they That's all right. have a purpose. And, uh, and I was like, That's right, Daniel. He said, and he goes, what good are mosquitoes do? <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't answer that. I said, there's, mm. but there's something in God's plan, yeah. Daniel, but you're, you make a good point. Yeah. The, the, the last thing I'll say that I think is so important now, uh, and I'm the only one here that doesn't have kids, so I'm kind of, you know, 
I don't have the best step one compared step to everybody two. else. Yeah. But <laughs> what I do think is he's taking a step. You're closer than you were. Yeah, I am. I am. But one thing I think is more important now than has ever has ever been is. Uh, the importance of strong mentors, whether it's you or whether it's your friends that are uh, or your your kids, parents or whatever it is, that we're we're very close to having a generation of kids that were entirely brought through childhood uh, learning more from YouTube and yep. social media than they've learned from their parents or from their friends who you know their friends are also being raised by YouTube. So the you know the internet has zero shortage of parenting advice, but good parenting advice is extremely rare and it, it's never been more important now than ever uh, to make sure that you're, you are getting the right advice that your kid, you're giving the right advice to your kids and to your kids friends, because there's an unbelievable amount of bad information and bad advice yes. from people who think that they are you know intelligent when they're not. It's amazing how your kids yeah. believe YouTube. Well, listen to him. You. I mean, he's teaching me <laughs> yeah. right now, but, I, one of the points he made is so critical, that sense of wonderment. And it's mm -hmm. there in all kids. And I just cry when I think of that. The only connection they've had to that sense of wonderment was like electronic and uh, quite often manipulated media to slant their thinking a certain way instead of the purity and the truth of nature and the wonderment of whatever, the waterfalls, the water, the deer, the turkey, all of those wonders oh, of nature being That's the real. thing that, that touches that sense of wonderment. And at least today, it's so important to get them outdoors because they're going to touch that electronic wonderment. Yep. There's no way around it. So to balance it with nature is more critical than, than it's ever. ever been. It's more important. Wait, he made a great point. So much more important today than it was even when they were kids, and especially even when I was a kid. Yeah. Isn't there a, a recent study that talks about just spending a few hours in nature a week, how it improves your health? Oh, yeah, yeah stress levels, so yeah. serotonin levels. It, it's yeah, a positive find, effect on everything. They have, they have uh, breathing the good air. medical rehabilitation centers with nothing but dogs and pets and animals and nature that, you know, that's been proven. Yeah, we're I do so remember fortunate. the book, it was maybe – 15 years ago that that nature deficit disorder. Yeah. It was the last child in the, the woods. Child, I think the name right. of it. But the, the, the byline was like saving our children from nature deficit disorder. It was a world renowned child psychologist proving what the deficiencies in people were that never got to touch and connect with nature. That yeah. it literally created deficiencies in their character and their being in their health and all kinds of stuff. Mm. Well, yeah, and even if you have the importance of being in nature, but being in our kind of nature, you know, yes. hunting land, um, even if you have kids that maybe you have a son or a daughter that starts to get into their teenage years and they don't care about hunting as much, even, you know, everybody's going to go through their mid to late teenage years and then through college where you have something to read every single week, whether it's schoolwork or assigned reading or just, you know, if you're a reader or whatever. And I think that trying to connect what they like to nature in some way, even if it's like your 16 year old daughter doesn't want to go hunting, but you tell her to go study for the test. She's studying for sitting in a shooting house. Those hours spent outdoors yes. are really important. And if you kind of connect it to maybe even if they don't care about hunting, getting them to go sit in a tree or sit in a shooting house uh, or laying on the dock by the fishing pond, whatever, those things are really important. And it doesn't, even if your child isn't as fired up about hunting as, as you are, there are ways that you can get them outdoors. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, this, is, this has been a good conversation. I'm so glad we did it. 
And, and look, Matt, how long have we been going, Mac? It's been a while. Too long. It? So, Dudley, why don't we wait till next week and maybe we'll double up and do two ass Dudleys next week. Double Dudley. Yeah, double d- Dudley. I like it. Yeah. So, so look, uh, guys, we want y'all to watch the TV show on Tuesday nights. Daniel, is there anything going on at Mossy Oak? That, think about that. I'm going to come back to you. Toxie, <laughs> you, you got anything else you want to close with? There's stuff going everywhere. No, I've got, I've got just a little bit of daylight and a rain coming tomorrow. So, I'm going to jump on a tractor. Yeah, boy, it has turned. I heard you complain. It's turned, been turning dry on yep. us now. We yep. need some moisture, don't we? Got a little chance tomorrow. Well, though. yeah, we just need water. Not necessarily moisture. There's a difference. <laughs> we got enough moisture. There's a difference. We need we need flood water. We need you know drainage, but That's we'll get there. Okay, Mac, you got anything? All right, Lanny. I'm good. Yeah, so Daniel, is there anything going on that you wanted to mention? Anything on the app or something? Yeah, People tonight, need to every Wednesday night for the for the next at least several weeks and on through hunting season, we'll have Mossy Oak moments live every Wednesday night that uh, streams live on Facebook, YouTube, and in the Mossy Oak Go app. Uh, if you want to, you know, kick back and throw it up on your TV and get the best viewing experience. But we'll have right now it's it's mostly dedicated to deer hunting. And, you know, Jeff and David Lindsay are part of it. The Drury's, the Heartland Bowhunter crew. That time of year. A lot of the Mossy Oak. Yeah, but it's uh, like really generating some bigger numbers. A lot of the Mossy Oak crew. But, yeah, if you, yeah. you, know, you want to see some of the latest and greatest hunts from a lot it's, of our deer hunting buddies, uh, you can catch it every Wednesday night. Yeah. It's great you can, mention that because we don't talk about it. It's really, really – I'm so – blown away with what they put together and it's not me it's that it takes a lot to blow you away too it's, <laughs> it's, i'm telling you yeah I, I expect to you know i always happy, a lot, never but i'm telling you it is, it is so good you're missing out if you don't watch it and the great thing you can do, consume it on your own time but they're bringing this to life every wednesday night live and it's so good yeah Yep. So, so y'all, t- y'all make sure you watch that. I'm uh, so excited about Doctor, it. we appreciate you being here. Stay out of trouble. You've got one week under your belt without having the police around you. That's good. <laughs> week and a half. <laughs> Daniel, you're welcome here anytime. So <laughs> every so. Wednesday we have a podcast. We'd love to have you come back. So we've had a lot of fun. Dudley, why don't you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Mac, Mac. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.